0: Okay, we are learning Daaf Nun Vav. We're starting from the bottom Mishnah on Nun Vav Says the Mishnah, There were six things that the people of Yericho did. Yeah, they did a lot more than, than six things, but the point is there were six important practices that they had. The three of them, the Chachamim, were mocha. They told them they weren't allowed to do it. For three other ones, they did not rebuke them. These were the three things that the Chacham did not necessarily rebuke, rebuke their practices, despite the fact that they were controversial. It would be grafting the column, the them our palm trees, the whole day, the fourteenth of nisan Even though you're not supposed to do malacha, certainly in the afternoon, but they did grafting, and we'll see exactly why. Uh, the Rabbanim weren't moched. seems that to be that that's work. They would wrap around the Shema. We'll see what that is in the Gemara. They used to cut the new grain before the Omer was brought, and they would pile it into bundles. So we'll see why that wasn't a problem. These were the three things that they did. The Chlamim were upset, and they were mocha against them. They used to be madder for themselves, branches of trees. So they would go to hectic trees and take... Um, Knew the, the branches that were growing for themselves. So we'll see in the Gemara the circumstances. <laughs> they would eat fruit that would fall under the trees on Shabbos, which also seems to be a problem. It shouldn't be such a thing. No they used to give peah, the mitzvah peah, leaving the corner of the field. They would leave to the poor, even from vegetables. So, all of these things, they said that the, uh, the practice shouldn't, shouldn't be done, and they told them to stop for doing these things. So, we have to see more detail about all of these six practices. What was the controversy? So, first, the Gemara goes on a tangent a little bit about six things three being good and three being not good. Tanar was taught Besides, for the people of Yericho, so we have the number six used by Chizkiah. Chizkiah was a big tzaddik, a good king, but he did six things were controversial. The Chachamim agreed to him about three of them. The hodulo about three of the ones the Chachamim did not. He dragged the bones of his father on a bed of ropes. So this is talking about his father, Achaz. Achaz was a rasha. So went when he was going to bury him, so he was actually trying to... Um, to degrade his kavod. So he degraded him by dragging the bones out to the burial on a, on a, on a coffin that was made of ropes instead of a nice uh, fitting one that would be kavod ames. But hodolah, the Chachamim agreed to him. It was a good thing. In other words, it made sense that he shouldn't be mechabad, his father, too much. He crushed up the copper, the copper snake. Moshe Rabbeinu had made the, the snake and, and it was able to heal people and then was turning into like some form of a vodazar later on in history. So he crushed it up and the Chachamim agreed with him. That was a good thing. Gonna say for Rafuos, and he hid the book of Rafuos. So there used to be this book of Rafuos, which had a lot of like, you know, uh, spells or whatnot um, to heal things. And some people say that it came from Shlomo HaMelech, and he. People again, they stopped connecting to Hashem with their refuah and they were just relying on this book. So the Chachamim were masking that that was a good thing to do. However, for the three things that Chizkiah did, the Chachamim did not agree. What did he do? He cut down the doors of the base of Mikdash and he sent them to Melech. Asher. the Chachamim didn't agree. So what happened was there was a very heavy tax that Sancheirah put on King Chizkiah And uh, this is what happened: was is that the the, we know Sancheirav, right? He kicked out the ten tribes from Israel, but he didn't get rid of the 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 Shevet of Yehuda. So he put a very heavy tax on them instead. And Chizkia was told to pay it. So the way that Chizkia paid it was that he cut down the doors of the Beis Hamikdash, and he gave them to um, to Sancheirav. So this was a bizarre to the Beis Hamikdash. So the Chacham did not agree to him. What else did he do? He, he closed up. He stopped up all the waters from the Gihon River. And the Chachamim did not agree. So here too, uh, it's a case of, you know, he should have relied on a miracle more. So we have the case where he was nervous that the people, the enemies, were going to make a siege around Yerushalayim. So he, uh, so he stopped up their waters. The Chacham didn't agree. And he made Nisan a leap year already once. It was Nissan, the Chum didn't agree. The latest time to declare a leap year is the end of Adar. He was making a new leap year already into Nisan, so that's not, that's not allowed. Those were the three, three things that the Chum didn't agree. Okay, we're on Nunvav and Aleph. We're on the... Two dots, like seven lines down, and we're talking. We're going to analyze now. There were six practices. Once we saw about there were six practices of the people of Yericho. Some of them the Chachamim agreed to. Some of them the Chachamim didn't agree to. So we're up to the two dots. Mark even to call them even though Malacha, Arab Pesach, you're not allowed to do Malacha, but they were still grafting palm trees the whole day. So what's Pratichi and Kamar knows it can't mean that they literally were grafting. Grafting, for sure, is a Malacha. It's like Mom is planting a tree. So it must be that they were doing something that was a little bit in the gray that the Chachamim let slip by. So, what did they do? Amr Yudah, Maisi Ayas of they would bring some very fresh hadasim the the dafna, juice that would come out of some sort of shrub, some sort of tree, the kimcha, and some barley flour, which was being kept in a cli. For less than 40 days and they would take all these ingredients boil them all up and they would stick it in it was like giving a shot they would stick it into the tree right in the heart of the palm tree they would stick in this shot this potion and it would give it huge like powers to draw out nutrients and that's the way it would uh it would keep up the growth of the tree so it wasn't really an act of planting that's the point it was it was a very minimal amount of malacha it was not like you were working with the tree itself they were just injecting you know injecting the shot into the tree. And that's why the Chavon let them do it. And the Gemara tells us more about this process. Any other tree that was within the four amas of the one that got the shot, if they didn't give it a shot, it would dry up because the one that had the shot would be like so strong, sapping and drawing all the nutrients from the ground and all the trees nearby would be left with no nutrients. So if they wouldn't do it through all of them, then the other ones would, would just die right up on the spot. So that's the first shot and what the Gemara says is called grafting. says the Gemara, second Gemara says, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, the Sometimes it's just a—it's not like taking some grafting and really mixing trees. Just sometimes you take literally a branch that's a male branch and you stick it into a female branch. And this is the idea of grafting. It seems like sometimes you have softer ones that can fit into some of the older harder ones that have holes. So they would, um, so they would just stick some of the branches into each other basically. And, and, and within one tree, just re- rearranging some of the soft branches, sticking them in a different position within the, some of the bigger ones. So that's not considered a, a chash of a significant malacha. And that's why the Rabbanim weren't mulcha. They weren't, re- they didn't rebuke them. they allowed it to pass, despite the fact that it was our Pesach. Okay, now we analyze the next practice of Yerichol. They used to wrap up the Shema. What does it mean? Wrap up the Shema. What are they doing? So Amr if you do Shema Yisrael, Hashem Kenosha, When they would say they wouldn't stop after the word They used to say Achad so Echad Vahavta is a problem because you're not being Mahavta between one is, you're supposed to understand your dedication to Hashem and then understand what Hashem wants of you. So but if you put them all together, it's not a clear package. You should be half sick between Hashem Echad and then the beginning of the Echad So they didn't do that. Rav Masik and HaYu. No, the reality was that they did, they were Masik. Ela, Shehomim Hayom Alav You should say, Asher Nochum Tzavacha Hayom. They wouldn't do that. They would say And the reason that's bad is the mashma hayom Today Hashem's commandments have to be on your heart. And the implication, which is obviously wrong, is But tomorrow you don't have to observe them. They don't have to be on your heart. So that was a wrong implication that they had. But it wasn't, you know, so bad. Says the Gemara, more continued opinions about this wrapping of the Shema and Yericha. How would the people wrap up the Shema? Amr social That's the thing without separating vachad vahafter. ha'yu a different opinion. Elishloy Amr Baruch for Machusolam vod. The mistake that they made is that they didn't say Baruch Shem. You're supposed to say Baruch Shem. So now the Gemara goes through this. What is the idea? Of uh, saying Baruch Hashem And on my time Why do we say it? Meaning it's not there In the Torah a very famous question Baruch Hashem it does not appear In in, in, in the section Of the Torah Of the Shema So why are we Putting it in? Says What's going on? also gave us all the kids And he said Let me tell you What's going to happen In the end of times Yaakov wanted to tell the kids When Mashiach was going to come But the Shkina departed He wasn't able to do it Maybe the reason Hashem is not allowing me To tell you When Mashiach is going to come Is because there's a there's an invalid. There's someone who's a rasha here. One of my children. Just like my grandfather who had a, who had a rasha Yishma, My father Yishma, had a rasha, he had a rasha and What they meant to say with that, they were saying. Just this is only one Hashem in your heart, the same one Hashem that's in your heart is in our heart. So that was their way of saying, no, no one. We're all tzaddikim. And there was a different reason why Hashem didn't let him tell about Mashiach. So, but also, at that time, to Omar, Yaakov's response to, to, to the Shema that the Shvatim said, he said, Mechusa, Olom, Vad. Okay, so very good. That's the source. So the source is Yaakov Avinu. So now. Um, what, what, what does this have to do with us saying Bar shame? So, Amr Rabbanu, Yechinah, another now the said, what are we supposed to do practically? Neh if we should say it as part of the Shema, like Yaakov Avinu did, L'Homar Moshe but it's not fair because Moshe Rabbeinu did not put it into the Shema. So it's disrespectful to, to, to the Torah of Moshe. if we don't say it, Amr Yaakov, but my it's wrong, Yaakov did say it. So whatever we do, we're wrong. So, they made a sort of compromise, very difficult to understand the compromise, but we say it silently and that's where we get Baruch Shem from. Says the Gemara, Amr Bi'ezruk, Amri Devei Rabbi Ami, Mashul Basmal Shiri Chatsidki Kedera. The analogy here is there was a king's daughter and she smelled once some sort of stew that had these um, like the burned like crispy parts the spices on the bottom. So it's, it's something that's, that's not really beneath, it's beneath her to ask for it but she really wanted it. So she's going to say I want it. Can I? So disgrace for her. She doesn't say that she wants it. Then she's going to have pain because she does want it. So what happens? So the servants realize it and they just bring it to her privately, secretly. So that's somehow the analogy for saying Baruch so invite, silent, which is difficult analogy, but uh, this is what the Gemara is saying at face value. Different, very different idea. That's a medrash. Very famous, Marshall tries to maybe relate them, but our Gemara has nothing to do, never anything with the medrash. We know the medrash, that's why we say in Yom Kippur, Baruch Hashem Aloud. According to our Gemara, there should be no reason to say Baruch Hashem Aloud on Yom Kippur. Correct. Says the Gemara, Amar Abavo, Hizkino, later the Rabbanan said that even though really make her I didn't Baruch shame should be said silently because what we're saying here in the gemara not to disgrace moshe but uh, Lamaisa, they said, you should say it a lot. because of what the Minim, the heretics, used to say. The heretics were saying, you know why you're being quiet? Because it must be that you're adding something that's not with the Shema. You're talking to another God. So in order that the people shouldn't say bad things, we say, you know what? It's worth it to say Barashem Allah. But in Ardaa, where there's no heretics, they still say it quietly. Says the Gemara, now we go back to the Paraisa. Abrahi says, going back to our mission again, the topic of the six practices of Yericho, three that the Chachamim agreed to, three that they were not. <inaudible> there were six menhagim um, of Yericho. Shloche Barat Son three were according to what the Chachamim wanted. Shloche Barat three were against what the Chachamim wanted. They where the practices that the Chachamim were happy with, they were okay with. They would graft the palm trees the whole day of 14th of Nisan. As we said, that means not a full act of grafting, but a small one. They would wrap the Shema that we spoke about. Now we get another one. The coach and the Fnea Omer. They used to cut their grain before the Omer was brought. So now it's really. You're not allowed to. There's an issue not only to eat the new grain before the Omer, but also to cut the new grain. But that's only from the stuff that wat, that the Omer could be brought from. Yerichu was in a valley, so the grain wasn't high quality. So the stuff that anyways they couldn't bring from the Omer from, it wasn't such a big deal if they harvested it, if they cut it before the Omer. However, they had three other practices which were against what the Omer wanted. omer, Not only would they cut it, they would stack it all up before the Omer was brought. And that's not okay because there's no reason for them to do that. But it's one thing to, to cut it, but to start working with it and, and and harvesting, and after harvesting it to pile it up, we're scared that someone might come to eat the new grain before, before the omer is brought. And that's something that's not acceptable. So the Chachamim didn't want them to be godesh, to, pack, to, to stack it all up before the omer is brought. Parts and process being the same. Parts the same. They would make holes in their fences and the gardens. In order to feed the fruit which was falling to the poor people in affairs of hamash. So the problem wasn't making the hole. They didn't do it on Shabbos. The problem was that they were allowing poor people to come in on Shabbos and Yantiv and take the fallen fruit. And we'll see in the Gemara on the base what the problem is with the fallen fruit on Shabbos. We'll see. They also used to be mad to themselves. any branches which were going on Hector's trees they would take for themselves and we'll see again what their rationale was but it was wrong it belongs to Hector's and they're not allowed to take it these are the words Ramir, of Ramay Ramayr's version of the six practices so Ramayr's version was that there were three that the Chachamim agreed to and three that the Chachamim didn't agree to so the, review, the, review, the response you're saying there was such strength that the first three were things that the Chachamim had on for they were like happy about it you call the Muslim king, and let everyone do it. Meaning, if it's really totally mutter, so why was it only the practices of Yerichah? If the Chachamim agreed to it, let's say there's Allah, you're allowed to graft, right? Or you're allowed to be koreches HaShemah. So the Chachamim should teach you, everybody could do it. No, it must be that this, all the six things weren't, weren't good. E'la'ilu b'ilu was Both sets of three, all six were things that the Chachamim weren't happy about. Just the difference was, a'shloche bi adam for three of them, they were mocha. They rebuked the people. For the second three, and for the other three, even though they weren't happy, they disapproved. They said it was wrong to themselves, but they weren't mocha. So it's a different subtlety. And are the, the first three are things that the Chachamim were happy with. Second three were things they weren't happy. According to Reb Yudah, the Chachamim weren't happy with any of them. It's just there was a question of how strongly did they disapprove? Did they go and rebuke the people or did they not? So according to Reb Yudah now, these are the ones, these are the ones the Chachamim, they didn't approve it, but they didn't go rebuke it. So even the column This was about the the grafting. with The grafting and they would cut and stack the grain before the Omer. So if you notice there in the Girsah, the switch switches something. His Girsah, one of them that the Chama warned mocha, is for cutting and stacking. According to Rabbi Yudah, the stacking didn't seem to be such a big deal, even though the Chama they weren't happy about it. But they didn't they didn't rebuke them. It seems that they weren't nervous that people would eat from the grain. These were the three that the Chachamim were so upset about. They didn't like it so much that they were mocha against the people. They used to permit the branches from the caribs and, and the carib trees that belong to the base of Mikdash, which was wrong. We'll see their rationale in base Beis again. Parts and brothers going to same of the making of the holes of the fences in the gardens to feed the poor people from the fallen fruit on Shabbos and Yantif. We'll see again what the issue is that is. And notice in and the last one is they used to give peah from vegetables. Vegetables are putter from peah. Peah is only from grain. We'll see in the Gemara Namad Beis why. The people of Yericho used to give the peah from vegetables Vegetables as well. So the Chachamim were not happy with that. Um, the Chachamim were for the last three. So there's a little bit of two discrepancies between our view, done, and there. First of all, whether it was things that the Chamim liked or just condoned. And second of all, whether where the Gedisha, where the stacking of the grain falls in, and whether the last one is Payah. So now the Gemara analyzes that thing. Okay, so the Gemara says, the Is it true that the, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the third one that the Chachamim didn't like but weren't moche was cutting and stacking before the Omer? So the Gemara says, Is that true that the cutting and the stacking was against the Halacha, just the Chachamim weren't mocheh? But it says in the Mishnah, It says in the Mishnah, the people of Yericho would cut before the Omer according to the Ruhatza and the Chachamim. The Chachamim were totally okay with it. Because again, what's the idea? that cutting of the Omer is only also from a place place where, where, where you bring the Omer from. And since it was in a valley, it was really bad stuff. So you reach stuff. They were never going to bring the Omer from. So there's no issue to cut it. However, they would also stack it before the Omer. And that the Chachamim didn't like. But they weren't mocha. So we see that there's some Tana out there that the Chachamim were totally happy with the cutting, but not happy with the, with this with, with the, with the stack. So the Gemara now asks, Who's the Tana? Who's the one who uses that type of sprach, that was type of language, that it's about macha?" Right? The Mishnah is talking over there um, about, about mocha. It says they didn't like it, but they weren't mocha. That's only Rabbi because according to Rabbi there's not really such a thing, right? Reb Re- 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 didn't have such a thing. Either the Chachamim liked it or they didn't like it. Rabbi Yehuda was the one who, who made up that there's a concept of not liking something, but still there not being mocha. So the Mishnah there that's talking about the gedisha that it was Shalobarats and Chachamim, but they still weren't mocha, clearly the author of that Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda. Uk'atani, and it still says, turn Chachamim. The only issue was the stacking which was shalom berat, the were mocha, but the cutting was something the Chachamim were totally all good with. So now we have a steve, Badas Rabbi Yehuda. over here in Rabbi Yehuda, when he was identifying the practices that the Chachamim didn't like, but weren't mocha, he said cutting and stacking were like that, but in the Mishnah Menachos, we see it's really only the stacking that the Chachamim didn't like, but the cutting is something that it seemingly even, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Chachamim were totally fine with, and the idea was, since the Omer wasn't going to come from Yericho's place, then it wasn't a problem. So the Gemara answer is, Ule taimeich, hani arba ninu. The truth is there has to be something wrong because there's four, not three. What were they? They would graft, they would wrap the Shema. Now, there's supposed to be one more that the Chachamim didn't like but didn't rebuke. Cutting and grafting, that's four. Of course something's off. The inconsistency is obviously settled because there's something wrong with Ksirah. You're right. We should take that out. Kotser is actually something the um were totally fine with. It wasn't part of the list. The Chachamim approved of it. They, they, they were fine with it. The, the only thing, the last one should be gedisha, the stacking of the grain the Chachamim didn't like because they were nervous. People would come to eat it, but they weren't mocha. They weren't mocha, and that's the third one of the things that the Chachamim didn't like, but didn't rebuke. But in Echanan, the cutting is something the Chachamim were totally behind, supportive of, completely uh, to, cut, to cut the grain. Okay, now we get to analyze all the other ones that the Chachamim didn't like and rebuked. What was wrong? What was the rationale of the people of Yiricho, And what were the Chachamim thinking back? So the first of the three was, they used to be mater for themselves, the branches from the carib and sycamore trees that belonged to the base of Mekdos. So the Gemara explains, Amru, senu the, our, the, these were old trees that their, their parents had donated to the base of they, The rationale was that they said was like this, our parents only donated the trunks. So we can matter for ourselves The branches that grow out Now, the Gemara explains a little bit more We don't mean branches that were there At the time of the Maizah We're dealing with kidulim That come out after the tree was already hectish. The people of held Like the Tana in that Mi'ila is only on the things that were there At the Maizah, on the Maizah Things that naturally grow after that point There's no Meila on So they thought that the new branches they could use, which is a khidish, and they were wrong. The rabbanon said back, leika. Maybe you're right that there's no daraisa miila in miila because it wasn't a raw, it wasn't part of the ma'aseh hektish It wasn't part of what was consecrated. It just grew out from the tree. But isura miyaka. There's still a dinter rabbanon. You can't be, benefit from things that grow out from things that belong to the base of mikdash. And therefore, they were wrong for taking those branches. So that was the of mach- Okay." Says the Gemara parts and pratzos. They used to make the holes in the fences by the orchards to let the anim come in on Shabbos and Yantif and take the fallen fruits. So, what's wrong with taking the fallen fruits on Shabbos and Yantif? What's the deal? So, the Gemara gives us a little muxa, a little muxa right here. So, let's see. The machlokas between the pipiricho and the chachamim are all on the stuff, in the, stuff the, 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 the fruit that gets stuck on the top branches, like high up. So, what's the issue with that? Abundant because if we let the person to take the fruit that's high up he might go and cut off we're scared that you know that usually the fruits higher up in the tree so if we're letting him take a fallen fruit that's higher up in the tree he might be so interested in one of those dates that he'll take another date and the other date that he might take might be attached to the tree which is code so therefore the abundant totally forbidden they said you're not allowed to take even the fallen fruits if they're stuck by the tree that oh, that's all because they're high up so people have the date of yiricho didn't have such xayra in their heads that's the machlokas that's Yeah, high, that's what we mean. According to the first approach of the Gemara, we mean when we say fallen fruit, we don't really mean falling on the floor. We mean falling off the connection to the ground, but it's still higher on the tree. And the question is, if you're going that high, then it's very easy to go um, cut something else off. Keep in. If we're talking about dates that were stuck on the lower part, the keeping is the lower branches where the fruit, the other dates aren't there anyway. Called mutter, It's mutter. Even the Rabbana would allow it. Why? Because if we let you take that date, there's no xer. you're going to go cut another date because they're very far off. That's the approach of the Gemara. Now, if you might know a little bit of things in Beitzah, which seem to contradict that. The Gemara in Beitzah seems to have an idea that you're not allowed to eat any, any fallen fruit on Shabbos or Yantif as xer exactly that you might co-cut more. But that's not the approach of our Gemara here. It seems that our Gemara here is only concerned that if we let you take the fallen fruit from high up on the tree, that you might go cut off more. Okay, so that's the first approach. The so machlokas was the dates that are on the top of the tree. The rabbis didn't let. We're scared of, 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 of uh, cutting more. The people of Yericho didn't have that on their head and they did it. But if the Gemara is saying if they're low-down fallen fruit that's on the lower branches, no problem, even the rabbis would allow a person to take those dates on on Shabbos or Yantip. So Ninu. Any fallen date is Moksa. Why? It's Moksa Machma Zisr. When yantif for Shabbos begins. You're not allowed to pick them. So therefore, they become off limits. So even though now that they subsequently fall and they become usable, but that's muksa. When Shabbos and Yontem began, they weren't prepared for use. So even if now they're in the lower branches, you shouldn't be allowed to get them because of the laws of muksa. So Rabbi says, maybe it's not moksah because they're fit for ravens. If a person raises ravens and ravens was like a very like, it was a symbol of wealth to have ravens. It seems that they used to have it. So for those people, they, they would, they were allowed to feed them on Shabbat's and they would bring them, they would feed them by bringing them to the date trees and letting them go. And the birds would go to the top of the tree and they would be able to eat the dates that were still attached to the tree. So every attached date, the is making the argument that even though it's, you would think it's muksa Malachim's because you can't go ahead and, and pluck it to eat, but it's not muksa. if you have a raven because the raven has a use for you. It will feed your raven. So maybe the fact that it mentally was in your mind to be food for ravens means that even if it falls, so mentally I was it was prepared. It's prepared to be food from the ravens. So now that it falls, I should be able to use it as well. Maybe you're going to say that answer. But Rabbi says, no, I'm going to show you. You don't say that. I'm going to show you that a food a, a, an object that was prepared for human use, if something happens to it on Yantif and it switches to only become usable for animals, we say it's muksa. It's, like it's like a change. It's a transition. It used to be animal food for, for people. If it changes to only be suitable for, ant, for for dogs, that that's considered a change and it's muksa. Where do we see that? If you have an animal that drops dead on Shabbos or Yontif, it's very important Tosaf speaks out even on Yantif. where it wasn't Moksa Machmasizer. You had a live animal on Yontif. That's not Moksa Machmasizer. You're allowed to shecht, but if it drops dead on Yantif, still you're not allowed to give the carcass to a dog. Why are you not allowed to give the carcass to a dog? It wasn't Moksa. The tarot is because it switched. It went from being food, which was suitable for you, because you could shechtna eat it. When it drops dead, you can't eat the dead carcass. It's only suitable for your dogs. And Rabbi Yudda is saying that's called Moksa. Because why? Because a change took place. What's the change? It used to be from being suitable for you, and now it's only suitable for your dogs. So that transition is like a new and that's muksa in front of us. It wasn't prepared that way for the dogs. It was only for you, not for the dogs. So if that's a svarah, so in the inverse, where it was here, it's dates connected to a tree before Shabbos. When Shabbos begins, it's not for, for you because it's muxa for, for you to get them. Elamai, what are you going to say? It's prepared for the ravens, but how could the fact that it's prepared for the ravens make it prepared for you? And that's really what the point that Gamar is saying. If, if, if something which is prepared for you, when it now transitions to become fit for, for animals, we say it's muksa. So certainly the inverse, something that's only prepared for the animals, we shouldn't consider it to be uh, prepared for human consumption. Okay. So therefore, we have come back to our kasha. The date should be muksa. How can we say that everybody would agree that the fallen fruit, as long as it's low down and there's no Xer, you're going to pick more, it's not a problem for the aniyim to take them. What, what do you mean? Why don't we say that they're muksa? So the Gemara explains that there's a fundamental difference. Amar le, yes, I will make the argument. You're right. In the case of the carcass that died, we say something that was initially prepared for people's use does not consider it prepared for animals' use. And for if now, if, it, if now it drops dead and it's only suitable for animals, we consider that to be muksa, Since when Yanta began it was suitable for people and now it's no longer suitable for people, it's only suitable for animals, we will call that muksa. You're right, that's true. But that's because anything, anything that, um, um, anything that is, is, is suitable for you You're not going to give the, to the dog, right? It's like a little bit selfish of the human being He's not, He doesn't think of it in terms of animal food So since it was a good live animal Which he could check himself It wasn't prepared to be animal food So if it becomes suitable now Only for the animals That's moksah That's a change in the status However, the opposite way If you have an object Which was prepared for the ravens Something prepared for the ravens Is also compared for humans Whatever a person has usability for Is also things about his possible usability for it also. So even though practically it was only for the ravens in the beginning of Shabbos, if they would fall later, so then it's not called muksa for you. So that's what's a very interesting thing. A change from being fit for a human, that changes now not as suitable only for an animal, that is Muksa. But suitable for an animal that then becomes suitable for a person, that's not muxa. And the idea is that a person's mind is kind of like always hopping what could theoretically be for him. So if when Shabbos began was for him and then a change that it's only suitable for an animal, Muksa. But the inverse, where it was suitable for an animal, in the beginning of Shabbos. And then something changes where a person also would want to have it. It's not considered a fundamental change in the in the item. And therefore, it is not Moksa. So that defends how we said, just one second, that defends how we said that the, if the longer the dates are in the lower branches, that, that everybody would agree that the poor people could go and take them. The dispute between the rabbis and the people of Yerichah was only regarding the stuff in the top branches. Yeah. So the example is these... It's kind of like these, uh, these, these dates where when Shabbos started, you have no access to them whatsoever, okay? Now, you have no access. It would be Muximachos Israel because you can't, um, you can't do the isser to go and harvest them and cut them. But ravens, and you, if you have ravens, it's suitable for them. So in your mind, is this something, is this an item that's that's usable on Shabbos? 100%, it's usable for my ravens. Now, if it changes and now they come off and now I want to know, did it change? Is it a whole new thing? Now it's not, now it's, I would never give it to my raven now. Now it's just for me to eat. So is that a change in the item? So the Gemara is saying it's not. If it was once suitable for, for animals, it, if it just broadened and now it's suitable for you, that's not muksa. Even though the inverse, where it was suitable for you in the beginning of Yantif, you had a live animal suitable for you to Shekhtan Yantif, and now it drops dead and is no longer suitable for you. It's only suitable for your animal to use. There we say that's a change. It was originally suitable for people, now it's only suitable for animals. That's a change. It's an item that's muksa. So it's very interesting which direction it goes. That's the split that the Gemara is making. Originally, we thought it's like a kal v'homer, adam Certainly, adam. But the Gemara is explaining: no, a person's das is always whatever they would theoretically have for themselves. So if the change is that it goes from you that now is no longer suitable, it's only for the animals that it's suitable. That is muksa. But the opposite, where it expanded for you, then it's, it doesn't make it muksa, just because now it's suitable for you as well. Says the Gemara, another version. A different version, actually the Machlokas is only about the lower branches. Rabbanan Sarvi, that's exactly the Machlokas. The Machlokas is whether it was Muxa. Rabbanan Sarvi, the Rabbanan held that it is muksa, According to the Rabbanim, they didn't buy this svara. that the fact that it was prepared for the ravens can broaden and become prepared for you as well. People of Yirikha held the opposite, that an item prepared for the ravens is considered prepared for you and therefore it's not muksa. That was actually the dispute. But if the dates are in the higher branches of the palm tree, everybody agrees it's usher. Even the people of Yerichel wouldn't have let that because in this version, everybody agrees that Midr-Rabbanim were concerned that you might go pick dates that are still attached. Another problem with this whole Gemara is that there should be an Isser of climbing a tree. Why isn't the Gemara concerned about climbing a tree? The Gemara is only concerned about the, 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 the picking of the dates in terms of whether it's going to be kotza or not, or Muksa. Those are the two variables in the Gemara. What about going on the tree? Oh, no, another difficult idea. No. That's true. Good point. Good point. But you're right. But it makes a tremendous difference because the Svar to between the lower branches and the upper branches is where the fruit is. The fruit is usually of a date or high up. So the we was saying, maybe in the lower branches, there's no xayirah, you might go cut off the dates. I'm not concerned you cut off the dates. I'm scared you cut off a branch or something like that. But good point. You're right. Ultimately, it's the same, it's the same malacha that we're after. The people used to give peah even from vegetables. So the Gemara says, how could they be so ignorant? So the people of Yericho not know the mission of peah. What's the big rule with giving peah? First of all, it has to be a regular food, something like that's regularly eaten. The Nishmar, it has to be protective. It has to grow from the ground. It has to be one stage of, of gathering. You, you, you harvest it all together. And it has to be last when you bring it in. Those are the rules. And now we explain what each of these rules come to, come to exclude. There's a certain type of plants that grow. The sot and the kotza is not normally eaten. So these, these grows from these plants. They're plants. They're not usually eaten. So therefore there's no chiyav Nishma, even though it's technically edible, if it's not usually eaten, then it's no peah. Nishma, it has to be protected. Prat lehefker ownerless crops, you could take and you don't have to be mafish peah. Kedulam and has to go from the ground. Petrios truffles, mushrooms, they grow through the air and therefore they're not chayav in peah. It has to be that the gathering is all at the same time. Pralatanim, that excludes figs. Figs are a very interesting thing. They ripen all at different times. You have to go every single day to the fig tree, you'll see different ones ripening. It's not like that there's one time that they all ripen together. So look, figs are plotted from peah. You bring them in to last, probably yarek yeah, excludes vegetables. Only grains or fruits could be chayv and peah. Vegetables that rot very quickly, they perish very quickly. They don't stick around too long. Not like our, you know, pickled stuff today. So that stuff is not chayv in peah. So we see that vegetables are not chayv and peah. So how could the people of Yericho give peah from vegetables? And also, what's the crime here? the crime in giving payah when you're potter is that usually payah is potter from so the anim go and take it they don't take off but if it's potter from payah there's a chiv so they're setting up a disaster here to, to so the gemara explains and we're talking about the leaves of the turnips so because the turnip heads they used to pickle and preserve them. So, if you have a way of preserving a vegetable, then it is chayven peyah. But they used to take the leaves to help it preserve. So, the question is: mm-hmm. the people of Yericho was about an item that's being brought in to last with something else. The people of help that it's, it's considered to be a lasting thing. So the turnip bulbs, which usually were brought in to last, they would store them with pickling for a long time. They're definitely chayven peah. But the Iriko people held, so the leaves that they bring in also, since they were pickled together with the bulbs, they're also chayven peah. Even though they're only kind of like coincidental to be with that of the bulbs, but since they're being brought in with the bulbs, so at the end of the day, they're going to be around, so therefore they're chayven peah. They're hold that's not considered lasting. The leaves are not being stored for their own sake. The only reason the leaves are there is to help the bulb, Stay around. So therefore their abundance saying maybe the bulbs are hive, but the leaves are not hive and pay. So the dispute was about the leaves of the turnips. Says the Gemara Tanrach we elaborate here, and now we're learning, even though we say vegetables are potter, but not necessarily every vegetable. A vegetable that your mouth must like like a turnip of his So we see a few exceptions here. People used to give paya for the turnips and the cabbage. Rebiyoishi, because these were things, the, the anomalies of the few vegetables, which were pickled, and they would, they would preserve. Rebiyoishi Yomer, also leeks. Okay? Very good. Pasha shot is he's adding a third one. He's adding even leeks. Tanya Yizach says another price. He knows in level they would give pay for the turnips and the leeks. Sounds like another opinion. Not turnips and cabbage like the first price, but turnips and leeks. Shimon Omar Aflekrov and Rav Shimon said also for the cabbage. Pashas he's adding a third one, even the carrot. So the Gemara says the top of Nunzayin. it. Looks like there's three Tanam. Why three Tanam? The first Tana was saying the lefes law kaflot. Reb Shimon was saying was Pashit adding Krov, so he would be a second Tana of Lefes, Laklot, and Krov. That would be number two. And then and then from the first price, so the first Tana was saying Lefes and Krov. And Yossi was saying Lefes, Krov and Laflot. So we we have we have we have we have two saying all three. But then two different opinions whether the two are lefos and krov or lefos and Laflot. So the Gemara answers Nunzai, No. So what the Gemara is saying is very interesting when you read the brisah. It says Reb Omar Af He's not adding a third one. He's saying he's just coming to to replace the first one that was list in the, in the list. So it's so according to him it's a kavlo or the krov. And the same thing in the second brisah. When the second price says Reb Omar Af L'kaflo, he doesn't. Mean to add a third one. He means to say la kuru kaflo. So it actually ends up that there's only three views, not, not uh, that there's only two views, not three. But it's very subtle. It's as, the Gemara is just trying to say that there's not an, as many machloksim as you would think that there is. But either way, between all these three species, these are the anomalies of some of the uh, vegetables that, if they're machmisulakim, then they are in fact uh, going to be chayim